It is Thursday, July 14th, 2022. This is another edition of Baseball Today presented to you by our friends over at Shady Rays. Not only the best looking shades in the entire business, but when you break them or lose them like I just did one of my pairs, they will send you a brand new pair. That is Trevor Ploof. I am Chris Rose. We are joined by producer Dan and intern Sam, who looks like he's sick as a dog or something today. I don't even know what's going on with him. Where is he? What's what's happening right now? He's up on some hoity-toity, snooty, upstate New York summer trip with all of his family camp friends. Jeez, must be nice, huh? Right? Must be nice. That's okay. I used to work in the summers. I'd go to work and clean pools in the summers while balancing a baseball schedule. But, you know, you do you, player. Whatever. That's right. That's right. Okay, we got a lot to cover. We don't even have time today to mention Shohei Otani, who joined Nolan Ryan as the only Angels starters to have, I believe, four straight double-digit strikeout games. Oh, and he hit a two-run triple on top of it. Unreal, Well, we kind of just mentioned him, but is anybody mad at us now for saying he's the MVP? Because do you remember all the backlash we got? Particularly when the the so-called undisputed MVP is on, like, some sort of, like, 11 for 70 slump, which happens when this is baseball. It does happen, but that's fine. We're not going to mention that. What we are going to mention is the all-star game is coming to Los Angeles next week. We want you to be out here, whether you're traveling here or you live in the Southern California area. We want you to join us on Tuesday, little VIP session at Boomtown Brewery. It's a bar not too far from Dodger Stadium. That will be a VIP. You can still purchase some tickets on our social media channels from 2.30 to 4.30 local time. And then starting at 4.30, they will open the doors free of charge. And you can hang out with us, but it's a little more intimate setting for those two hours. Uh, you know, you'll get a little more one-on-one time with the entire crew from John Boy Media. So come join us. We're looking forward to that, right? A hundred percent. It is my favorite part of the All-Star event, the All-Star week. Uh, I'm looking forward to it. Number one, hanging with the fans. Awesome. Number two, mm-hmm. hanging with the fans with a beer from the brewery. That's, you know, that's the best. Yeah. All right. Uh, let's get to it. We haven't talked much about the Kansas City Royals this year because of their miserable on-field play. However, we are talking about them today because 10 of their players could not make the trip north of the border. They are not vaxxed, um, so nearly 40% of their squad will not be there. Included in that group are guys who might be part of trades in the near future, Andrew Benintendi and Whit Merrifield. In fact, here's what Merrifield said. He said, the only reason that I would think about getting the vaccine at this point is to go to Canada That might change down the road. Something happens, and I happen to get on a team that has a chance to go play in Canada in the postseason. Maybe that changes. But as we sit here right now, I'm comfortable with my decision. What do you think of his words? I kind of want you to go first on this one. Is that okay? Absolutely. First of all, we want to get out there that Canada and the U.S. have the same policy. When you cross the border, you must be vaccinated. Okay, it's why a lot of the foreign born players did get vaccinated when they came into this country. They wanted to be able to play this year. I know Whit Merrifield a little bit. I like him. This is utterly ridiculous. And if I were a Kansas City Royals fan today, I would be pissed off to the nth degree that I heard my de facto captain say this. Basically, what he is saying is that if you put me on a better team, that I can be swayed to get the finally get the vaccine. Now, once again, we, we heard J, JT Real Muto said, I'm not going to force Canada into my decision making. Okay. He wasn't there for the Phillies. 
They lost two games up there. Don't know if that'll have an impact on the Phillies or not. But what Merrifield is saying, my team sucks. We're 20 games under 500. I'm going to take these four days off before the break and give up my salary and give up my service time, and it's not that big a deal. But if I get traded to a contender, something's going to happen, and I'll rethink it. That's a tough one. That is a tough one if I'm a Royals fan, dude. It is tough, and, you know, 10 players is is quite a bit here, and I think that's kind of – Let's be honest here. That's a joke. It's far and away the most that we've seen. I think the most we'd seen was four with the Phillies and maybe the Twins and maybe the Rays, one other team. But 10, that's ridiculous. Uh, I'm vaccinated. Um, You and I both are. So, you know, this is how I really feel about it. I feel like I'm going to get yelled at for this, but I'm just going to tell you how I really feel. I'm like pro-choice on this. Like if they didn't want to get it, that's fine. Like Mm -hmm. that's, you can do that. I've made my decision. You make your decision, but you got to live with it. And I, I think if you make that decision, uh, you kind of like stick with it. But now I, I, he's leaving himself out, I guess. He, it seems like he wants to get out of Kansas City. He knows if he says, look, I'm just not going to get vaccinated, that no team, a contending team is going to go pick him up because there's a big possibility especially if he goes to an AL East team that obviously they'd be going to Toronto so I think he's giving himself outs I, I don't know if that's how I would have played it um if I was Whit Merrifield I think that um it's interesting what we heard coming out of Alex Cora's mouth when the Red Sox went up there when he said things will change by the time the postseason comes around by the time September comes around so I, th- these discussions are happening all throughout baseball, all the clubhouses are talking about this. You talked about the Phillies going up to Toronto and losing a couple of games. And a lot of their guys were out. And what impact is that going to have on their season? So guys are getting together, talking about this. And before, when you make your decision, it's, it's just you and, and your family, but now you're having to make this decision and your teammates are all surrounding you. And this during the year, maybe you see your teammates more than you see your family. So it becomes an extension of your family in some way. These discussions are happening everywhere. And and I don't know. I'm just interested to see what happens with all of these guys, you know, are all the Red Sox uh, Tanner Houck in particular, is he going to get vaccinated because he feels pressure to do it uh, to play in the postseason? Like, it sounds like that's likely. And, for Witt to come out and say this, yeah, it does hurt if you're a Kansas City Royals fan. One, I guess he's being truthful, so you have to, like, I guess that means something. We always want guys to be truthful, right? This is what he's really we, thinking, Chris. Whether do, you want to agree with it or not, like, this is him do, being the, What you're saying it. is, what you're saying is, is because we're not competitive, I don't we have We knew that, but, dude, that's, we knew that everyone, everyone before the season knew that Kansas City was not going to be competitive. This is not, this is not a that's news not story. That's not fair. No way. It's not there a news been- story. Listen, a decade ago, I thought the Oakland A's were going to be one of the worst teams in baseball. They ended up winning the AL West. So don't give me that. That's not fair. Then why do we even play the games? Then what's the point? What did we say about the Royals before the season? Did anybody else give them a chance? No, not necessarily. It's it's not. It's that's the reality of of any major sport is there are going to be teams that, you know, are going to contend, you know, and there are some that are going to be in between, Chris. I don't think the Royals were in between there. Let me throw this at it at you. And I want you to answer it honestly. If you're a vaccinated player on the Kansas city Royals today, are you pissed that you hear that? Not that the guys don't get vaxxed because you know what? Like I said, I kind of agree with you. 
Like, I wish people would get vaccinated, but whatever. If that's what they want to do with their bodies, that's their choice. But then to say, I can I can be swayed if I have a chance to go get a World Series ring. Dude, that's a kick in the dick. It is 100%. I don't, I mean, that is, that's the truth. And I bet you he's talked about that in the clubhouse before. Yes, I would not be happy if he came out and said that, you know, if he was my teammate. 100%, I wouldn't like it. But again, I'm sure he's already had this discussion with all of his teammates. It's just now coming to the forefront because he said it to the media. And now we're all talking. I'm not about so it, sure he's had that discussion. I have to be I bet honest because I don't think, I don't know 10 if it's dudes. It, you don't think the Royals knew this? And like they've had yes. discussions about this, they've had no, to. I, I know that they had the discussion that he's not vaccinated and that 10 of them aren't vaccinated. And that part, I'm putting that part to the side. To me, the reason we're talking about it today isn't because there's they're not vaccinated, although I think we would probably have because it's yeah. such a substantial part of their lineup that's missing games and could have an influence on the American League wildcard chase because Toronto now has to essentially face a double A lineup for the next four games. So yep. that this could have an impact on the playoffs. It impacts, it impacts everything. Go ahead. Sorry. But my point is, is that I don't think he walked around the Royals clubhouse and was like, well, I don't, I'm not vaccinated, but if I get traded, I might be vaccinated. <laughs> I don't think they've had that discussion. When you put it like that, maybe not, but I mean, it's more nuanced than that. Probably within the, within the mm -hmm. clubhouse, you know, it's not, Whit Merrifield and the rest of the guys saying, calling a meeting saying, Hey guys, this is, this is the plan that I have laid out for myself. If I get traded, I might get back. I don't think it's like that. I think it's come up within conversations. Maybe at the beginning of the season in spring training, they're like, Hey, what if we are in the race? I'm sure he said the same mm -hmm. thing to the Royals at the beginning of the season. If we're there, I'll make a decision and get vaccinated, which a lot of guys from what I'm reading, when I, when I am searching for stuff like this, a lot of guys have been vaccinated since spring training. It's, it's an ongoing thing, you know, for MLB players. So I'm sure he's had those types of discussions. John now, again, Heyman. I don't love that this is out there like this. Like he said that, I think it, it sounds really bad, but it's the truth. And we want players to talk about the truth. And, and I do believe I've said this a million times. I, I believe he's had those discussions with his team before. I, I would agree with that part, but I'm just not so sure about this part that we, that, that was new last night. Very quickly. John Heyman of the New York Post came out and said the Yankees have cooled on Andrew Benintendi. Of course. They still have two more series to play in Toronto, and that doesn't include a possible playoff series if they were to have one in the ALCS or something like that, let's say. Is that the way yeah. you would handle it if you were a GM? A hundred percent. How could you go – if you're in the ALE specifically, how could you go after a guy knowing that in, during a very important series against a very good Toronto team, which we'll talk about in a second – how could you go after players knowing that you're not going to have them for those? You could not even have them in the playoffs. That's you can't, you cannot go after players specifically if you're in the AL East, if they're unvaccinated, that is just the bottom line. And I think if any general manager does go after players that, uh, that aren't vaccinated, it's kind of a dummy. And um, some Toronto fans have brought up this point, you know, you talk about, well, it's an advantage. And over the next four games, it is an advantage for Toronto because all of their players are vaccinated so they can travel to the States. And obviously they're going to be facing a minor league team over the next four days in the Royals who aren't very good when they have these 10 players yeah. anyway. But they can't trade for guys who aren't vaccinated. They cannot do it. So if, 
it's what? it's an advantage for for the Blue Jays 100%, especially now at this point it, of the season where we're seeing now we know who the guys are vaccinated who who isn't vaccinated. The fact that they have their full roster because they had to basically, I I think it's an advantage to them no matter how you shake it. I get that they there's a smaller pool of players for them to draw from, but if you have your roster constructed around guys that aren't vaccinated and you have to like just be without them and call up you know, minor league dudes who may or may not perform well. I don't know. Uh, it's an advantage for the Blue Jays. Right. And finally, I just need to put a period on this. We don't like talking about this stuff. This hard. is not sports. It's not hard. I mean, it's what you have to do. But if you think that this isn't topical or part of this narrative over the next few weeks heading into the trade deadline, then you've got your head in the sand. Trade so- deadline it's going to blow up. Okay. We're already starting this process, but we keep saying on this show, wait until September, wait until the playoffs. Like this is going to be crazy. You're right. Unless, unless these organizations just are convincing people. I'm so curious. The conversations the Red Sox are having with their players, specifically their, or the, you know, Andrew Benintendi is going to get traded and somebody is going to be kicking the tires in the, whether the American League East or somebody that's got a the National League, right? I mean, essentially, that's who he's going to get traded to now. I, I would think so. But, man, you would have to have the discussion. If we make the World Series and we have to go play in Toronto, would you get vaccinated? You, you're not doing a service to your team if you don't ask when do you question. get When do you get vaccinated, though? Like, that's my that's my question. If, if Say he does. Well, say they say these have, guys. They have to have two shots or yeah. the one dose of Johnson & Johnson at least a couple weeks out. So I thought the one I thought Johnson Johnson's out. I'm I'm not a vaccine expert, but the it, when you get the vaccine, you get sick. I got sick. You can get sick. You don't. Yeah, you can. Excuse me. You can. You can, you can get sick. I don't want to say mm-hmm. you always get sick, but like that's you can't just take that and play. Most people can't. All right, let's move on. The Yankees with a wild walk off win last night in extra innings. Uh, the big news, though, Luis Severino left the game early. With a shoulder issue, he's getting an MRI today. John Heyman reported that he passed some strength tests early on Thursday, which is a good sign, but they'll know more about any possible structural damage only after the exam. Uh, Did you notice who's pitching for the Cincinnati Reds tonight in the Bronx? Mm -hmm. Luis Castillo. Is he auditioning for New York tonight? Yeah, I suppose he's auditioning for every single contending team. I mean, every single team that's in contention is watching this guy. You know, uh, you know, one of his teammates, uh, Molly, is uh, coming. Is he coming back from the IL? He, he's very he's close. Dinged up, but yeah, I think he's coming back. Yeah. Before before the trade deadline, he's supposed to be back. Montas has a shoulder issue thing, but this this is this is the premier starting pitching trade target throughout all of baseball, and every single team needs another starting pitcher. Because once the deadline is over, Chris, we don't have that waiver period anymore. So this is it's it's make a trade or you you have your roster and that's it. Now even if you're flush with starting pitching, like some some teams can be, not every team is. Most teams aren't. If you're flush with starting pitching and you come across some injuries in September and you didn't make the trade to bolster some depth, you're going to be hurting. So this guy is in crazy demand. And the Yankees, if they want him, they're going to have to give up some massive prospects. Dan, they're not going to get Volpe. I doubt that. You know, Peraza's there. People are clamoring for him to come up to New York right now. 
they're going to have to get like a, a very, very substantial trade piece or anyone that acquires this guy. But you know, you're talking about, is he auditioning for the Yankees? Dude, he's auditioning for everybody. He's yeah. going somewhere this year and I don't know where it's going to be, but the price tag is very, very high. And why shouldn't it be? Go check out the guy's stat page. He's, he's a rock star. My question is this. If Severino checks out okay in the MRI tube, why are you trading for Luis Castillo? Who's he gonna? Whose place is he gonna take? Yeah, I mean the Yankees are one of those teams that have you know, have had relatively great health with their starting pitching. The Mariners being the other team, um, but it's the depth. It's what I, it's what I talked about. You can't make these waiver claims but, after the trade deadline anymore. I understand that, but you're gonna have to boot somebody. You think Garrett Cole wants to pitch every six days? and go to a six-man rotation, they're not going to do that. So they have made, going into last night, I believe 88 games, their big five have made 84 of the 88 starts. Yeah, that's incredible. That's basically unheard of in today's game. So if Severino has to, you know, he he's not going to pitch anymore anyway until after the All-Star break, even if he checks out okay. And if they need a guy like a J.P. Sears to, to hop in here or Clark Schmidt, uh, or even Domingo Herman, who is working his way back. That's fine. Now, I know their goal is to win the World Series, and would he slide ahead of guys like a Jamison Tyone and a Jordan Montgomery in a playoff rotation? Absolutely. Yes. But at the same time, still got to get through the regular season and stuff. I mean, what are we just going to stash guys on the bench and skip a start here or there? I don't I – don't, think that's how it's going to play out with a bunch of guys these aren't young guys these are all proven major league starters i i agree that's what i'm saying like he's auditioning for all these different teams i think there are teams that need him much more than the yankees do. absolutely yes absolutely the dodgers come to mind the dodgers are to me like i feel like he's going to be a dodger and the, i mean the that twins are after every everybody's after him like i said like everybody is after him the yankees I'm sure we'll make some sort of offer, but they're not going to give up the farm because like what you said, I mean, they have five legitimate starters that have pitched all the way through. The depth is always a question mark, no matter what, but I agree. I mean, just in my head, I just see him pitching in Dodger blue. Yeah. All right. Uh, Seattle has now won 10 in a row. Um, pretty fascinating. They share the second wild card in the American league with the Jays, the Red Sox um, are the Mariners though a better roster than any of the American league East teams, not named the New York Yankees. You're, you're going to get me in trouble with somebody here. You know, the Mariners fans already are, they're kind of mad at me, but they're also happy. I pronounced them dead. They've went on this crazy winning streak. Um, I would say this. They're not better than the blue Jays. The roster is not better than the blue Jays. I think they're close to the Red Sox, although I probably put the Red Sox just above them. Actually, total re total roster, I might make the Mariners just above the Red Sox. And I think the Rays are the bottom uh, rung there right now. So to answer your question, no. I think the Blue Jays have a better roster up and down. I think they've underperformed. I think they can go on a streak like this, just like that. Uh, but, I mean, look, the Mariners have been playing well. I think Julio Rodriguez and, like, who he's turned into at 21 years old has just, like, changed everything for them. I know they've had some guys doing things. Their rotation, like the Yankees, has, has made all the starts – uh, they've had some really good performances there. Ty France has been doing his thing. But I think Julio Rodriguez, after a slow start, him picking it up and, like, becoming this guy has really changed everything in Seattle this year. So um, they're a great roster, man. And I pronounced him dead because I saw Mike Trout kill him. But, you know, they came back. I don't know what to say. 
Way to have that seance and bring them back. Um, so if you were, and I know we can't do this because the schedules haven't been balanced, but if you were to put them in the American League East, it goes Yankees, then where does it go? What I think team? I told you. I think it, I think it would be Jays? Yankees, Blue Jays, Mariners, yeah. Mariners. And maybe the Red Sox. They're like really close. Okay. I, so I've done a little bit more of a deeper dive. I've got Paul Sewald coming on the show tomorrow. Uh, he's okay. turned into a nice back-end piece of the, for them in the bullpen. Uh, I'm, I've actually been really surprised how well their bullpen has pitched. You know, they've got this guy, Ben well. Murphy, who's... I love pitched- my favorite name in the big leagues, Ben Murphy. Munoz has been really good for them. Munoz's strikeout rate is over 13 per nine. Uh, he's just, he's been wicked. Looking forward to talking to Seawald about the construction of their team. Um, I think I would put Toronto slightly ahead of them. I would put them, the Mariners, ahead of Tampa Bay in part because of Tampa Bay's injuries. Mm-hmm. And I would put them ahead of Boston because I like their bullpen better at this point. Yeah. I'm right there with you. I think we're, we're, we're kind of on the same page here. I think Toronto okay. is just severely underperformed. And I guess that's what the, one of the reasons they fired Montoyo, whether that means something to you or not, but the Mariners have proved me wrong. There's no doubt about it. I'm happy for them. This is a fun team to watch. And like, know, they have I'm, some, they have some guys that like, if Adam Frazier gets it going, like that's another, you know, he's a really good player who just really hasn't had a, a great start to the year. If he gets it going, add that to them too. Like this is a team that can go make some moves. I think, I think they'll add, I think they'll try to add in the bullpen. I know they've been good, but like, like bullpen depth is mm-hmm. paramount. Mm-hmm. Um, especially because I think what two of their starters are pretty young. Yeah. Two of their starters are young and they're going to like Logan Gilbert and Kirby. They're going to need some time. I think. Mm-hmm. Well, you know what I mean? also- like at the end, of, at the end of the year, they might, shrink down that pitch limit put yes more pressure on the bullpen so you need more depth i think they can go after that maybe they make i saw uh morosi was talking about like a drury over to them which mm-hmm. would be interesting because you know adam fraser hasn't performed drury can kind of move all over the field that's an interesting trade piece for me i, totally. I played against this guy for a long time he looks the part this year for sure he's like very confident and i think he lacked that for for quite some time um i love seattle man i don't know i don't know they were dead. They're not dead. They're fun they're story. They're I, very much alive. By the way, their their team OPS still isn't great. Like it's seven oh three or something. Like last year, somehow they stayed in it till the last weekend, and they were like bottom five offensively. I I think they do it a little bit. I'm not going to say smoke and mirrors because I don't think that that's fair at all. But yeah. they just you still look at the roster and and the lineup, and you're like, okay, yeah. They've been performing last year. I think it was the one run games. They were, they were awesome in those. Um, <clears throat> so we'll see, we'll see how it goes for them down the stretch. Uh, I, I, like I said, I still think Toronto's a better roster. Than, I, I do have a little question for you. Mm-hmm. Someone pointed this out to me, Matt Chapman, my guy, who's like mm-hmm. one of the best defenders in all of baseball has had a really bad year defensive by defensive metrics mm. standards. I haven't noticed. Yeah. And I wonder what, that's about i'm gonna put him in contact with my guy to see if we can clean that up but that's strange to me i don't know if it's like the turf it'd be the carpets you don't just go from elite to kind of average or below average it's very strange yeah i mean we're talking about a platinum gold platinum glove winner right 
Yeah. And he told me his hip feels better than ever. So like, this is, hmm. it's very strange to me. I'm very curious about that. All right. A uh, bigger deal that happened. Mets end up taking two of three in that series in Atlanta or the Dodgers erase a six run deficit in the seventh and come back to beat the Cardinals on the road. I think it's the Mets um, handling the Braves like that. We talked about this series as one to watch, you know, Atlanta has been surging uh, and the Mets just did a really good job of holding them off. Scherzer had a great performance on Monday, uh, struck out a bunch of people. He's been looking great. And then yesterday, Lindor, I think, had the three-run homer early on to put them up, and they kind of ran away with that game. Um, it's good for them. We, I keep calling them gritty. I think that's what they've shown over, the, uh, over this year. You know, no matter you know, who's been on the IL, who they're playing, like they're, they're finding ways to win. Um, I read an article that talked about Max Scherzer stressing, you know, you want to approach each game like it's just a big league baseball game, but there are certain series that are more taxing, more stressful than others, specifically when you play in the Braves who are, you know, your NL East rival. So, you know, he sat down, taught him how to handle situations like this. This is why I love veterans in the clubhouse. And, and you get a guy like Max Scherzer, you obviously want him to perform and put the numbers up, but he's so valuable, you know, in the clubhouse as well. Mm-hmm. Every single championship team talks about clubhouse and, you know, what it's like. Is it a good clubhouse? We knew the Mets clubhouse last year was, was shaky. Uh, this year you bring in Buck, which I'll give credit to. He's done a, a great job there. And then guys like Scherzer having meetings like this is awesome for the team. Well, I'm going to um, I'm going to let Francisco Lindor answer this question for me. If you don't mind, I let Frankie do do my talking since we're so close. Uh, he said of the Atlanta Braves, they're a good team. Beating them in July is just beating them in July. And he added, beating them in the playoffs is when it counts. So taking two or three in Atlanta, although very nice, particularly when there was a lot of outside noise saying, oh, here comes the end of the season. And we brought up the question about it, whether or not it was time to panic for Metsville and all that sort of stuff. So the narrative was out there. They just kind of put it to bed but they all, the Mets are too smart to know that the season doesn't end at the all-star break. Mm-hmm. So I will go with the Dodgers as the correct okay. answer here, uh, particularly against that St. Louis bullpen, which has some nice pieces in it. Um, hasn't been entirely dominant, but you know, they basically knocked around, I think four of the five relievers they brought in after Wainwright, um, including Gallegos. Yep. It's not easy to hit off of. Justin Turner got him started with a ninth inning double to right center. But for them, I thought the number of clutch hits they've got with two strikes was really impressive, including the birthday boy, Cody Bellinger, who continues to be one of the great memes on social media. <laughs> I mean, it's... <laughs> Do you think he knows, by the way? Of course he knows. Does he? And he or is he like, yeah, I've, I, I, I've talked to people and, and like, have you asked him? And, and they say, yeah, he's not high. He just looks high. It's incredible, isn't it? It's incredible. I think the two guys who look high as a kite but aren't that lead the league in that category are Cody Bellinger and Blake Snell. And he's not. Yeah, I play with Blake as well. Pretty straight edge guy. I don't even think he drinks. So it's just it's hilarious that they just (laughs) look that way and create some amazing memes and stuff. Now, there are some guys who I think are. Some guys that we know are happy birthday, Bellinger, and it was uh, LeMahieu's birthday yesterday. And LeMahieu's scored birthday. The, scored yeah. their game-winning run. Yeah, and LeMahieu's birthday. Yeah. Um, and today it's Chris Wurtz's birthday, so that's cool. Cool. You're okay. not going to play along? I don't know what that is. I'm, I'm lost right now. 
yeah, he's he's one of my good buddies and one of our um one of our coordinating producers over at NFL Network. Oh well. Okay. Yeah. Happy birthday, bro. I like NFL but Network. It's funny. He's uh I'll tell you here's the baseball connection. He he coached uh Clayton Kershaw's kid in Little League. Oh. There you go. There's does he know does he know my friend Matthew Stafford? Uh well, I mean, he obviously knows Matthew Stafford since he works in NFL circles. So Okay, let's continue on. Dodgers, though, that was big. 26 come from behind victory. I believe only the Yankees have more with Damn. 27. So nice work by the Dodgers. Uh, last thing on the YouTube and the podcast form of the show, we'll continue on with our good live AMP audience. And if you haven't joined us live by AMP, just download the app on your iPhone and you can join us live every day from 1130 to 1230 Eastern. Mike Matheny did not let Amir Garrett face Javi Baez yesterday. Garrett was in the game, had just gotten an out. Here comes Matheny. We know about the issues when Garrett was in Cincinnati, when Baez was on the north side of Chicago, about those two going back and forth against one another. Baez has a very good track record hitting against Amir Garrett. And in fact, after Garrett got dealt from the Reds to the Royals, I had him on the Chris Rose rotation, and I brought up this. The last battle we had, he won off a... A, a sacrifice pop-up and he did everything but my thing is like he you know, you know how he did the road the boat whatever people don't understand we swept them and i did that to them you know what i mean i did that to them and it's like yeah he did it. he he popped it up you know it's a sack fly like perfect for you like you you're gonna score because there's two outfielders in, in the outfield and he did it to me and i had to eat that and he went he went really extreme which is okay but i had to eat that chris i had to eat that like he made me look like a fool and I was okay with that, but I'm going to remember that though, for this, these next battles that we have this year, I'm going to remember that. So I just want people to know that like the last battle we had, he went to that extent of doing that. So if I do something, he cannot be upset. He cannot be upset. You know what I mean? And it's, it, everything goes around the full circle. So, you know, I'm okay with it. Did Mike Matheny screw up by not letting us see Javi Baez versus Amir Garrett? Oh, there's a lot to unpack there. That was quite the quote. Okay. Um, <laughs> I will say that if you do it to someone, then they do it back to you. I think that's kind of the end. That's usually how it happens. But Amir Garrett is, you know, he, he wants the confrontation. You can definitely tell that. I think Mike Matheny did make the right choice because guess what? They are already going to be out 10 dudes going to Toronto. If they got in a brawl and some dudes got punched in the face, they'd be out even more. I mean, what is this guy supposed to do? Like he's trying to preserve his roster a little bit, but for our sake, the fans sake, yeah, of course you wish this battle happened. Are you kidding me? Like this is, this is like the entertainment factor that I think baseball needs to play up a little more. Like, yes. Like we That's said this, answer. we said this. Okay these battles like these rivalries like people that don't like each other it needs to be a storyline and 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 i would even like i would even dress it up a little bit if you're two guys you know you don't like each other like have your people talk to my people let's figure some stuff out the wwe does this stuff all the time and people eat it up like you could do this and i think people would like it you still because it could be a little fake, like a little showmanship, but you still got to go battle for real. That's why it works in baseball because you still have to go. And there is those one-on-one -on -one battles between pitchers and, and hitters, 
but you could play it up outside and some of that might be fake, but when they, when you step in, it's can still be for real. I think people would eat it up. And that's why Mike Matheny screwed it up. He screwed it up, but you know, he's so old school and whatever. He knows you know, he know like there was probably, there probably would have been a brawl. So I don't know if he screwed it up. He did screw it up. These teams are combined. What? 35 games under 500 as we approach the all-star so break. Like, brawl for no fuck? reason. So what? <laughs> Let's go for it. Jesus, come on, man. No, man. People can get hurt. Seriously, seriously. That's there would not have been a brawl. There would have been chirping. It wouldn't have been the Angels and Mariners, most likely. You don't know that. You don't know that. Amir Garrett's kind of nuts, bro. Like, like, he's, you don't think he would have been pissed and challenged the whole dugout or like something would have happened. Javi Baez also, little nuts. I wanted to see it. And I know I'm going to put you in a brawl next time. I want, next time there's a brawl, we'll just throw not what you I out do. into the. <laughs> That's not what I do. I told it's you. Not fun. I'm, it's not fun. I told fun, you. Chris. I'm 0-3 all-time in fights. It's not good. Last one, Don Chilcote sucker punched me and got me good. Unreal, Don. Hit me in my moneymaker, too. <sighs> Cracked me across the jaw. Let's we were fighting. E- you, know why, Come on. you know why we were fighting each other? We were fighting each other in the school bus. And somebody tried to take my saxophone from me and I couldn't tell who it was. It was kind of like my, um, my, it was like I was in a hockey fight and my sweater got pulled over my head. So I couldn't see who it was. And so I went over and I, I kind of pushed Don. I forgot Don was not only a year older than me, but a shitload stronger, tougher and a hockey player. So I was just sitting mm. on the bus and all of a sudden I feel this fist across my jaw. And it was like, if it was a cartoon, my jaw would have gone. Yeah. How Fuck old were you? Up. I'm good. I was a freshman in high school. That was cry? the last time I got in a fight. Um, I think I was in so much pain I couldn't formulate tears. I think it was one of those. I always All liked right. Don too, so I, you know, I liked. Were Don. you guys friends after that? I mean, we weren't friends. We were never like friends, but we were in school for so long, and we were in such a small school that we had known each other forever. But I, I think that probably changed our relationship. I think I'm on Don's side. Probably you initiated most people it, would I'm on be. Don's side. Yeah. Most people would be. <laughs> All right. Uh, what do you have coming up on John Boy Media? Oh boy. Uh midweek episode of Talking Baseball came out yesterday. We talked about the Homer and Derby. That's out. And then tomorrow we'll be doing the um Friday recap, stimulation, all that good stuff. So uh be on the lookout for that. And then also, yeah, VIP tickets. I I mean, from what I'm hearing, there's like five left or something like that. Yeah. So well, still that means there's five left. So go be one of the five. Uh, latest episode of the Rose Rotation is out. The Cleveland catching combo of Austin Hedges and Luke Maley. Hilarious. They are very funny together. They're like a comedy duo. They're really, really good. Great stories. Uh, earlier today, I know Twitter was having issues uploading videos, so we didn't put out a teaser clip quite yet as of the taping of the show. But keep looking into it. If you have 40, 45 minutes to spare on a drive or a workout, you'll want to listen to them. They're really, really funny. Very, very I really enjoyed it as, as good as I thought it would be. It was even that much better. That's how I would describe sometimes, it. Sometimes two guys together is tough, but you, what, what you've told me, they were like playing off each other just perfectly. Yep. Yep. And the fact Love they that. were sitting next to each other the entire time in front of the batting cage was great. That's so there awesome. You go. That's, uh, that's real inside shit, Chris. Way to go, man. Yeah, it was good. Fun. That's what we try to do with the Rose rotation. And we are, of course are back at it on Friday. For producer Dan Rourke, our intern Samuel Singer, and Trevor Plew, I am Chris Rose. We will see you Friday on Baseball Today, presented to you by Shady Rays.